Thanks, Ethan, for leading us in those songs. Thanks, church, for singing out. I appreciate that. That, uh, you know, being a preacher, it makes a difference if the congregation is uh, singing well or just kind of mumbling. So thank you for everybody singing out, and uh, let's have more of that. Uh, let me add my welcome to the folks that are visiting with us online. We're grateful that you're here, the folks that are visiting with us uh, in the flesh. We're grateful that you're here. Hope you'll be able to stay for our time of fellowship after the worship and our Bible classes after that. All right, not everybody's going to needs to do this next thing, but let me encourage you to reach out and take the hand of somebody that's next to you. Go ahead and do it. Hold their hand. All right, now just reach over to that hand that you're holding. Give it a little pinch. Don't hurt them. I don't want tears, but. You know, when somebody pinches you, your first instinct is to say, hey, wait, that's my body. That belongs to me. What do you think you're doing? And that's true in almost every context. But today's scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, second half of the chapter, today's set of scriptures makes the point that your body is yours when it comes to other humans, your body is yours when it comes to authorities. But honestly... Under God, your body does not belong to you. And today, in our culture, the difference between those two viewpoints has created an absolutely strong and powerful divide about how we view what we do with our bodies, how we view you know, what other people do with their bodies. It is a huge and fundamental difference in the way that different groups of people think. So if you have your Bibles, please turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll start in verse 12. We may skip around a little. And I think Paul... He's dealing with a very specific problem in this section. He had folks who were converts out of the world. Some of them had, you know, medium levels or even a few had high levels of wealth. And the men in the congregation decided that the privileges they had to use their bodies and to use the bodies of other people for gratification, didn't need to go away just because they had become Christians. And so in just these few short verses, Paul takes that on. These are folks that are in Christ. They're messed up. They're wrong. Paul doesn't think anything about what they're doing is okay but he addresses them as brothers and sisters. And he says, this needs to change, and let me give you some reasons why. And as you read through what, this, what Paul says to them, 
you can hear him saying very powerful things to us in the 21st century. One of the illusions that creates our society's confusion about what we do with our bodies, one of the illusions is that I can do anything I want with my body. It's my body as long as I don't hurt someone else. The people in Corinth were saying, well, you know, God made food. He made our stomachs. Clearly, he means those things to go together. How can that be wrong? I'm a Christian. I've been set free from the law of Moses by Christ, so everything's legal for me. They had arguments like that. And Paul could engage each one of those at great length, I don't doubt. But instead, he says something else. And it addresses our sense that our bodies are our own long as we don't hurt someone else. Now that illusion that we have, that is partly right. The reason why it's such a strong sense that people have is that's more or less the attitude I want the government that I'm under to take towards what I do with my body. It starts weirding me out. It starts creeping us out if the government decides it knows better than we do what happens with our bodies. It's strange, as long as I don't hurt anybody. It's kind of the attitude I want you to have, my fellow human beings. Leave me alone, let me make my own choices. But Paul says that is missing a key dimension. And he writes this beautifully, starting in verse 12. Some of you say, everything's permitted for me, but not everything's good. Again, some of you say, everything is permitted for me or lawful for me, but I will not be controlled by anything. Some of you say, food is for the stomach, stomach is for food. God will destroy both of those. The body is not meant for sexual sins. The body is meant for the Lord, and the Lord is meant for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us up also. This body that I have, I don't want you telling me what to do with it. I really don't want the government telling me what to do with it. But Paul changes our perspective. He says, look, your body was given to you. It's a loner. Somebody else has the title. God is the one who created your body. And it's given to you to use. But it belongs to him. Our bodies are given to us by God and Paul says another thing, that last phrase, God raised Jesus up, uh, us, Jesus up from the dead, and he will raise us also. In other words, God gave you your body, and he has plans for it in this life and in the life to come. 
This is not my body to do with anything I choose. This is a body that is given to me as a gracious gift from my Father. And he has things that he wants this body to be used for. And things that he says, don't do that. That changes our perspective. If we go back up to verse 9, Paul has this long list of sins. He says people who are idolaters and people who are male prostitutes and people who are greedy and, 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 and people who are liars. And he just lists all these sins. And these are sins, some of which the Jews would find absolutely despicable, and you're done once you commit that almost. And some of these would be sins that the Greek people would find absolutely despicable, and if you've dropped that low, I don't want to know you. And, and, and so Paul lists these, this group of sins off, and then he says this. Verse 11. Some of you used to do those very things, but your sins were washed away. You were made holy. You were made right with God. All of that was done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. One of the illusions that our world labors under is that once you've messed your life up, especially if you've messed it up with physical relations, if it's, if it's messed up badly enough, then you're beyond saving. Let's turn it around another way. If I have messed up badly enough, it is tempting for me to start telling myself, I am beyond saving. Whatever worth I once had, whatever worth I could have, has been destroyed by my behavior with my body. I am beyond saving. If I start to believe that about myself, then why not just open the door and let anything else happen? And Paul says you can't believe that about yourself if you're a Christian. He says, you were that bad and probably worse than you think you were, but that's not how God saw you. And God took you and he saved you by the blood of Jesus Christ. He washed you in the baptism of Jesus Christ. And when God looks at you, whatever your past is, when God looks at you now, he sees holy. You are holy. That is gospel. That is good news that the blood of Jesus Christ washes my sins away. No matter how badly we've messed up our lives, baptism washes us and makes us holy. That's what God wants for us. Paul has reminded the Corinthians of that, and he starts talking about how we sometimes let ourselves go. One of the attitudes that was present in the 
Corinthian church is still present with us today, that relationships we have with our bodies, they're just physical, they're just bodies. Bodies are going to do what bodies are going to do. That, that really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of me. It's just a physical transaction. That was a common attitude then. That, that's still a common attitude today. That somehow these physical relationships can be morally neutral, spiritually unconcerning. It's just physical. Paul says this, starting in verse 15. Don't you know that your bodies belong to the body of Christ, are part of the body of Christ, are members of the body of Christ? Depends on how your translation says it. Should I take what belongs to Christ and join it with a prostitute? Never. Don't you know that when you join yourself with a prostitute, you become one with her in body? Scripture says the two will become one. But anyone who is joined to the Lord becomes one with him in spirit. There is no such thing as a sexual relationship that is just physical. It's a constant thing that we tell ourselves. It is simply not possible. And Paul says, and when I abuse my body with others, I am doing something to my spiritual life. Even the secular world knows this is true. Famous movie from two decades ago. The female antagonist says, Your body made a promise to me, even though your mouth did not. And that's the way that works. And Paul wants to reframe what we do with our physical selves and to help us understand the spiritual reality. And so he starts with this truth, your bodies belong to the body of Christ. What's the body of Christ? In other parts of scripture, when we talk about the members of Christ or the body of Christ, what are we usually talking about? In the New Testament, it's the church. Jesus had a physical body for 30 or so years. That body was crucified, buried, resurrected, has ascended to heaven. And now Jesus has this body, the church. You're part of the body of Jesus, part of the body of Christ. The body that you have is part of the body of Christ. When Christ saves us, he makes a gift of our bodies to the church to make the church what it is meant to be. So I can't take 
what belongs to the body of Christ and involve it in things that Christ does not want his body to be part of. It is such an important teaching for us to begin to get the God's eye view of what our bodies are. Finally, Paul, in verse 18, says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside their body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Paul says, I, part of what will help us to, to stay true to God's purposes for this physical body that he has given us, part of what will help Christians reframe the temptations they face and the attitudes that the world throws at them, part of what will help us be strong is to realize exactly what God has done to these bodies. Paul says, you realize that when you were baptized as a Christian, you were cleansed and made a holy vessel, a holy place. In spite of yourself, in spite of what your past looks like, that act of baptism in the blood of Jesus Christ makes you holy and you become, your body becomes the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. You are God's temple. Now the church is God's temple. Paul said that back in chapter 3. But right here he's saying each of our individual bodies when we have received the gift of God's Holy Spirit, we are temples. When I go out to McDonald's, my body is a temple. When I turn on Netflix, my body is a temple. When I drive behind a really irritatingly slow driver, my body is a temple. And everything I do with my body needs to be something I do in the temple. Now that's profoundly different from the perspective of our world. If anything, the attitude of our world is, my body is a temple to me. It's for my glory. It's for my pleasure. It's for my uh, raising up. My body is a temple to my ego and myself. Me, 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 me. And Christ says that's not true. You know what your life was like before Christ. You know what your life was like. You knew you needed my help. And I have paid for you. Not only did I give you the body that you have, 
But I bought it then again with my blood so that it could be sanctified, made holy, cleaned all the way and ready to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happened. You are my temple. You are a place where God is glorified at McDonald's, during Netflix, on the highway, and with every activity that you engage in. You are God's temple. And Christ says, you are holy to me. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for these bodies that you have given us. And we know that we haven't always done with these bodies what you would have us do, but God, we want to get better. And we believe you when you tell us that you gave us these bodies. We believe you when you tell us that these bodies are the temple of your Holy Spirit. And we believe you when you tell us that in spite of everything that's happened in our lives, we are holy to you. God, help us to use our bodies in a way that brings glory to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.